Welcome to the Lighthouse Experiment, a Freedom Center Church podcast. Welcome back to the Lighthouse Experiment. Today we have Jim Parkin, Jason Hiddle, and Ashley Chandler. Ashley's giving me the mom look. Okay, so today we're talking about forgiveness. That's kind of a fundamental uh, part of people who are battling like post-traumatic stress, post-traumatic stress disorder issues. Which is cool because it ties in with the previous episode on reconciliation. I think it all kind of works together. Mm-hmm. And we a couple of weeks ago, we went through and talked about PTS and PTSD. So yeah. if you haven't listened to the last couple episodes, you should... What are you waiting on? Totally right. listen. Sorry. Seriously, I listened to that episode, and every time you said PTS, I had to... What does she mean? Postmate, yeah. yeah. It was like, it was like I stumble term. over my words if I try to say the whole thing <laughs> all the time. I'm like, That's it just interesting, makes, too, man, because a lot so of people smarter. are using that terminology and dropping the d really well, and she said yeah. it right every time yeah like you never once like messed stumbled. up the yeah, that was pretty impressive well thanks okay. i can be smart sometimes <laughs> but no um forgiveness is a really important topic and i know um diving in we we've done some deeper topics we we do lighter ones and stuff but these deep ones are really important because they really hit such a core like what you're saying as far as you know, forgiveness impacts every aspect of our life, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. It affects our health. It affects our relationships. I mean, just our futures, the direction that directions that we're going. Right. Stuff. So it's it's a hard topic, even within um, within church and believers. And mm-hmm. so today we're trying to explain why it's important, what the Bible says about it, and so that believers and non-believers can get some sort of scope on forgiveness and especially for our, you know, our first responding community and stuff to have an idea of why it's even important. So, yeah, I, um, I've come across a kind of a new perspective or maybe a little bit of a paradigm shift on forgiveness just in the course of reading and studying the Bible. And for me, it kind of started, I think the way it does for probably everybody who's ever graced the door of a, of a Sunday school class and forgiveness, the most common verse we all know is, um, it's Matthew, I don't have my notes in front of me, 21, 18, I believe. And it talks, it's where Peter asked Jesus how many times we forgive. And he says seven times because in the, the mind of a, of a Jew at that time, seven is a perfect number, number of completion. And Jesus comes back with, hey, you must forgive 70 times seven. Well, most, you know, us being Gentile believers, we're not Jewish in our heritage, we we hear that number and think, wow, that he's saying a lot of times, you know, if you do the math, that's like 490. So the implication is always, you know, we need to always be forgiving people and and, and continually forgive, and that's true. But um, I think there's a, a deeper message what Jesus was saying in that that verse, and then in the parable that follows. Um, for my own like devotion time, reading through, trolling through uh, Daniel. And I think it's 920, it starts talking about, um, you know, the Israelites, they've been in this exile. They've yeah. not followed the commands and decrees of God. 
and they're they're exiled to I think that was the Babylonian exile if I'm remembering correctly and God is starting to talk to Daniel about how there's going to be these 70 week periods and there's going to be seven of them over like a 400 year period of time but it's God's way of starting to cleanse the people and right take them back to to a place of forgiveness and ultimately it kind of leads up to uh, Jesus coming into the picture but so I'm in Bible college and I, that idea had been floating around in my head for a while I start doing some digging into it for I have to write all these exegetical papers where you're digging into texts and writing all this stuff. So I started researching that just to kind of see what that connection is. Cause you know, you yeah. read seven and 70, the only other place in the Bible that I had known of, you know, that verse in Matthew pops up. But, um, what I started to find was that it had a lot of reference to, um, some of the laws and decrees God had given the Israelites back in Leviticus. Um, and specifically, uh, one of the bigger, um, commands they had broken and violated that caused God to lead them into exile was um, the fa- failure to follow some of the principles of Sabbath and to fail to follow Jubilee. And for for the Israelite, <clears throat> Jubilee, you can see it in Leviticus 25, but it's this, this uh, 50-year period of time. There would be seven years, and on the seventh year, they'd let the crops rest um, and they'd forgive debts. And then after seven cycles of seven, you'd have the 50th year. And in that 50th year, everything would be restored to what God originally gave in the inheritance of uh, when yeah. he distributed the land of the tribes uh, back when uh, coming out of, out of the Exodus. Uh, so there's this idea of restoration and returning to what God intended. Well, okay, so you have you have that connection, and then here's God, or here's Jesus, I mean, saying this to Peter. And from our perspective, again, it's just kind of a number, but if you put yourself in the shoes of a, of a Jewish fisherman right. who had the Torah memorized and would be very, very aware of all this history, and it was very real because they were looking for this Messiah to come rescue them from this oppression that they had been in since the exile had started, like those words would... It would be a big, big deal. It would have a connection to some significant heritage for Peter. But then if you start to look at the parable that comes on the back side of that verse and the rest of that chapter, you see um, the master who forgives the slave owner oh, who yeah, owes yeah, him yeah, a tremendous yeah, yeah, amount yeah. of uh, <laughs> a debt, like in the millions of dollars by today's standards. Right. And then this, this servant that's forgiven this huge debt walks out and won't forgive this menial debt to a fellow servant. And the end just has a warning, you know, that right. kind of goes along with what God did in the exile. Like, if you fail to forgive, if you fail to right. to work towards the restoration of this person, right. um, I'm not going to forgive you either. Uh, and it could just end there kind of as a warning, do this, or this is the bad that happens. But the interesting part about that parable is there's no how-to. There's no command that says, I want you to do this because it leads to this. And if you really start looking at that comparison, you know, Jesus is, at least the way I'm reading it, is telling Peter, you need to forgive as much as I've forgiven you. Right. And if you look at what, what Christ did, not only does he forgive people, but he he works and plans and serves and does things towards people's restoration. Right. So the forgiveness the Christian is called to isn't simply, I'm going to let that go and, 
you know, forgive you right. and I'm going to forget about it. Right. It's I need to pray for, be concerned with your restoration. And I know people listening are like, wait a minute, you know, if somebody does yeah. some terrible crime, like, you know, rape or murder of a loved one, you know, or violates trust, I'm not going to jump back into relationship with, you don't have to jump back into relationship with somebody to pray that someday well, they'll find forgiveness or, right. or, right. or seek that. So there's this calling to forgiveness that goes beyond. And then, um, you know, when, if you really stop to think about it, I mean, it's so obvious to the Christian that I think sometimes we kind of skim over it because it's a, one of those things we take for granted. Well, yeah. But if we say that Christ died for all sin, it means he died for all sin, not just my sin and the things I did wrong, but right. he died for everything wrong somebody does to me. Right. So if I'm not willing to forgive, I'm not... And yeah. timeline, yeah. too. I think right. we forget to look at timeline where there's sins have been forgiven that haven't been committed yet. Right. And, right. and along like, with what you're saying, too, the reconciliation aspect of it, Christ didn't just die for our sins and then go back to heaven and, like, peace out, hang in there until you die right. someday. Right. Like, God is actively, through the Holy Spirit, right. working in all of us to restore him back. And, and, and it's a tall challenge, too, because, I mean, well, yeah. I've, I've had people do some stuff to me that, you know, I left in my own power, I would... It's legitimate things. I mean, if you, I mean, even, I mean, this is just a good episode to do even after coming off of last week. Um, if you get on the live stream and watch um, last week's episode with, or um, service with Pastor Les, you know, oh, like yeah, just talking absolutely. about his pain and where he's come from. It's no little thing at all to right. forgive. It's a decision to make of what's right and what God has asked us to do. But it's also through his grace too, to know that we're not alone in that, right. that he's taking us through healing too and mm-hmm. restoration. And so whatever we've been harmed by or done to somebody else, God is with us in every single step of that way if we allow him to, to take us through that process. So, and you that's know? part of at least what I found for myself in why I think it's really applicable to, you know, first responder or a veteran in particular dealing with like post-traumatic stress issues. You know, I know guys that have had to breach doors and come through the door and there's a, a grown man holding a child and they have to in a split second, choose how they're going to handle that. And right. there's right. obvious anger and resentment there. There's things that they've had to do in war, seen in war, that cause tremendous uh, anger and, and hostility. I personally have, you know, in the course of running emergency calls, no, numerous people have tried to kill me in, in different ways at different times. And it kind of accumulates. So uh, you know, and then in just day-to-day interactions, someone right. says something that rubs you the wrong way, yeah. offends you, whatever it might be. I've, I've found for myself, and I think this is really good practical, uh, a good practice for people who might be struggling with exactly what you just said, Ashley. They're, they see something on Facebook, it makes them enraged. The first thing they say is, well, you know, I hope they rot in hell or whatever right. the case might be. But I find myself when I'm I'm having a hard time being angry at somebody, the most practical thing I can do is, God, I need to see this person through your eyes because I want to kill him. Yeah. Right. And, you know, he's been faithful to that prayer every single time I prayed it because, like, once you start to see that person, suddenly you see the potential that's there on the other side of whatever the offense was and what he, he maybe he has in store for that person. And suddenly you're not in the, the position of the offended, you know, in that situation. You're now in the position of, 
you know, standing right alongside Christ. And I think that's the, the, the missing link in the bottom of that, that parable there in Matthew 18. He didn't, he didn't show the how, but what if that servant would have recognized that he did not have in his, his himself? Because just because he was forgiven a million dollars of debt doesn't mean he didn't desperately need that debt that was owed to him in right. order to feel restored. Right. But what if that servant would have said, I, I, I need this forgiven, but this master over here just forgave me a lot. Maybe he can, maybe Show he can forgive what, you what too, or to help that. me to yeah. forgive you. And went back to the master and said, I need, I need your help in this situation. And then if that master paid off that debt, um, and I think that was the message Jesus was trying to say. Is, well, yeah, that's right. gosh, that's all. That's that's me. I mean, right. it's like God. I know you love me, and I know this is what you've done in my life, but. Moment by moment or day by day, I don't know how to walk this out. Like I really need your wisdom and Mm -hmm. I need your grace to be able to do this because it's it's hard, you know. So how how would you describe this to um, a fellow EMT or a fellow veteran? What would you tell them as far as forgiveness? Like if you see them struggling and you see that they're holding on to the past because of pain. So I've heard it said once before that there will be people that won't. They don't need to hear a sermon. They need to see one. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think usually for myself, the, the best way to do it is just to start off with, for me, in these situations, in similar situations that Jason's gone through, or even where you have to forgive yourself. You know, I've had situations where there have been car accidents where I have to decide, like, if we work too hard on this guy... I mean, we can save this one over here, but probably not this one. So you have to make it on the spot decision. And that's heavy. And that's, you know, then mm-hmm. I know, I know right now, as sure as we're sitting here, there's paramedics and EMTs out there that are living with that. Yeah. It's weighing heavy on them. And it's just, you know, it's just knowing that for us at this table, for Jason and I specifically, Christ has been the answer to that. And yeah. it's, and I think, I mean, for me, stories the first time I really started to experience the reality of, you know, what what we just talked about, uh, I was serving at a church where I was on the board, and the pastor had done some things that weren't unethical, but very, very unhealthy for the church as a whole. So there, there was this dissension occurring where the, the board may have had to step in and issue some discipline and... And, you know, my initial opinion was, yeah, he was wrong. Okay, God, you know, make this go smooth so we can move on. And I remember kind of praying about that and just like, just clear as day, there was just this, this, uh, I won't say a voice. It wasn't like an audible voice, but it was like, stop being an idiot. I called him to be a minister and he's been through a lot of things. And your calling is to pray for the man and Mm -hmm. not, you know, I'll deal with the discipline. I was like, whoa, you know what I mean? And it, that was a hard thing for me because I was on the receiving end of some of the things he had done that were wrong. Well, and a lot of us yeah. leaders are very much doers. We want to go in and, and get it done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so for me, that was like a really hard, like, you know, kind yeah. of a punch in the gut to start with. So that was kind of for me, like the first experience with it. But the most, the, the first experience I had with the, the kind of this concept in, in the world of EMS, um, you know, Jim and I both worked in bad neighborhoods and you get talked to certain ways and things happen. And one of the jokes in EMS has always been, you know, I, people will say things like, would well, you hate me? Cause I'm, you know, this A, demographic B or, C, or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, no, I hate everybody. 
And, and, and genuinely we would feel that way because we're so burned out and so tired and so used up. There's no compassion left. Well, at the point I had, you know, kind of a, I'll just call it healing from God and in, in, in terms of my spirit and my mind and those things. Yeah. One of the things after after a little bit started kind of feeling like the a challenge to demonstrate compassion I didn't have to patients. Um and at first it was a challenge and it would just you kind of feel this this prodding of of maybe one specific patient and one specific instant and and you know, it would be that prayer. Yeah, I'm not seeing it, God. You're going to have to show me what you're seeing because, you know, I'd rather just not push the Narcan on this person and clean the gene pool. <laughs> and, you know, and those were honest thoughts I would have in, in some situations. And, and almost instantly, I, I, I would see the person in a completely different perspective. Right. And, 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 then, and then it would be like, okay, Almost like God was saying, "Okay, you got it down one time a day. Now let's do it twice a day." Right. And, then, oh, and, and now it's let's I mean, flex this muscle a little bit more. Yeah, like yeah. five. Well, it's probably been about five or six years at this point. It's it's effortless at this point. It's a, it's an it's a habitual response. Yeah. And but I still have. There's a lot of times I still have to say that prayer, but I recognize the need to say it quicker. And, right. and, and it is a God thing. It is a you know He's provided the provision for that forgiveness, and I think that's the cool supernatural thing about. Uh, Christianity. If we do forgiveness the way that we most often hear it, it's kind of a self-help. We have it, you know. We need to do this because God told us. Well, He already provided for it, right? You know, yeah. I, I, I kind of think you know that. I can't think of the verse in reference, but in the Old Testament, there's the a verse where God says something to Moses. I think I think it is. I'm probably way off on this, but vengeance is mine. Yeah. I, I, you know, you, I'm, we're always conditioned to think of that as like someday God's going to rain down wrath. Well, he already rained the wrath down on Jesus. Right. So when it, when God's saying vengeance is mine, I'm kind of starting to see it in a, he's saying I'm taking the vengeance on on me and you guys can live in the reality of the, of the kingdom I came to create. Yeah. And and I, th- I think, you know, it may sound a little cheesy or cliche, but, you know, if, if, if as Christians we're supposed to strive to see the kingdom come... I think forgiveness is the currency of the economy yeah. of that kingdom. Yeah. Well, we can't keep those doors closed. Right. You know, if God has claimed that to be open and his way, then when we stand in the way of that, that really causes a lot more strife, you know? And again, it's not saying that it doesn't matter and we're just writing things off, but trust him to show you how to walk that out. Trust him to give you the healing that you need and the wisdom to know how to walk out A or B, C different situations. Because, right. you know, if somebody's done something against you, there might be a legal action you need to take. There might be, you know, a confrontation or conversation that you need to have. Like, it doesn't mean that we just, like you said before, that you walk away and ignore it, but trust God to show you what to do next. Trust him that he's big enough to handle all this and let him take the burden and the weight and the responsibility of what the the payment and death and sin portion of what forgiveness releases us from. Right. Yeah, you can definitely seek justice for an action, um, set safe and healthy boundaries with people and yeah. still pray. Absolutely. That still encourage, happens still extend them. wisdom, still point right. people in the right direction, still engage in great conversations with people. Right. And I know like you guys, I know both of you guys now have had people come up to you if, 
you know, at work right. and be like, how do you do this? Like, or just questions about their life and, you know, the, going to you for counsel because you're somebody that has a peace and a steadiness. And it doesn't mean that as Christians, we don't experience any chaos, right. but we, we know a good and perfect father that loves us so dearly right. and ha- gives us his grace to be able to do that day by day. Right. Right. And so it's whether or not we want to plug into that. Hmm. Absolutely. So, cool. So it's, it's good. It's a good, you know, it's good to remember there's so many different narratives where this is displayed around demonstration and stuff and in scripture. And if you guys have questions, you know, for our listeners, that is, you know, always feel free to hit us on Facebook messenger and ask. Yeah, absolutely. It is heavy stuff, but it's, you know, it's what's worked for us. Well, and I think, too, there's probably people that, you know, if they're listening to this, they're thinking of that thing, that call, right. that event, um, those situations where they're they're feeling the most angry about something, you know, reach out. We'd be happy to. Right. Well, and I, I, I will say, too, from my experience, the burden is harder trying to carry resentment and and that pain. It's it's lighter when you give it to God. And, Absolutely. And it's hard in different ways. It's, Mm-hmm. Far as trying to walk that out, but it's such a heavy burden to try to try to walk that out on your own. And so the devil will make you feel like it's a lie and that you're better off holding on to stuff. But it's so it's so much better to to give that to God. True that. So right on. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Jason. Thank you guys for yeah another great week. We'll see you next time. I don't know yeah. what that is. <laughs> so I'll cut that. Are out. you writing jingles now? I might be. Uh, I'm gonna cut that out. No, right no, that stays. <laughs> That's gotta stay. That stays. So this is the part where we uh, launch the uh, jingle writing portion of uh, TV. Right. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> thank you guys for listening. Always follow us on the socials. Like us. Share us. Follow on SoundCloud or Apple. Uh, podcast that way you get to reoccurring you'll get alerted when the next episode comes up sweet thank you freedom center church for allowing us to use this space absolutely peace peace